Welcome into Smooth Operators with your hosts, Noah, Griggs, and Ben, going through the world of Formula One. If you want to interact with the show today, you can tweet at us at Noah underscore Phillips, at Junior underscore McClurkin, and at the Griggs B. It's time for the green flag, and it's lights out, and away we go. Reunited, and it feels so good back in the Bradley Basin studio in the Melton Student Center. Smooth Operators is back and better than ever, folks. I can look at Ben in the eye. I can look Griggs in the nose. We are going to have one heck of a time talking about Formula One. I'm Noah Phillips, and this is Smooth Operators. Yeah, welcome back, boys. Long time no see, and I'm in the I'm in the boss's chair today. Welcome in, everybody. Um, it's Ben, good friend Noah, good friend Griggs, as we always do. We bring you the Formula One news and the quality content that you people deserve. Eh, maybe not quality. The content you people yes, deserve. The content. Uh, for this, we want to thank everyone for listening to us this summer. Um, we did something a little different where most Weagle shows didn't really have remote shows, but we made it work, and we've now gotten a lot more listens. We'll do that because next week it will be our one-year anniversary wow. show. Wow. One-year wow. anniversary next week. But technically it will be next Saturday, but we're due it a day before. So, unreal. Thank you for the support. We love it. And, yeah, let's get back into it. The first time we're talking about Formula One back in the stew. So talking a little bit summer recap, not really the most memorable summer in terms of F1 summer activity. Up until today, that is. Um, True. Recent recent happenings have been uh, much more interesting than the rest of the summer. Uh, contract negotiations proceeded as usual, and it seems like we're going to have the same grid for next year. Not necessarily locked in. That's we don't know until the first race, as always, uh, for example, 1994. But um, what I will say is that uh, it seems pretty locked in, pretty solidified. And, I mean, silly season so far was pretty bland up until we had some, we had some news. We'll get to that later. But as far as, as, far as what we did, uh, we just kind of took it easy, didn't we, boys? Uh, no, we did not. I have been uh, trying to fight back against this disease I have had. Uh, for the past two weeks, otherwise known as Pirate's Disease, otherwise known as Gout. <laughs> Folks, I've been unable to walk. We were going to start back the show this previous week, but like, I couldn't. Like, it was bad. And then Griggs, Griggs has also been a little under the weather, uh, and I got super busy right off the bat with, with school. I, I meant that sarcastically. I, I think it sounded way too dry for it to come off sarcastically, but yeah, we've 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 been really busy. Honestly, we have. And it's it's so good to be back, and it's it's really good to be back in here. Um, but let's jump right into it. Recap on our summer breaks. Our summer break with regards to Formula One. So, <laughs> what do you got, Griggs? What I did this summer? No, no, no. Formula mm-hmm. One related. Oh, um, I mean, we had a lot of races this summer where we got to cover it on our on our summer shenanigans series. Yes. I think it was like what twelve. Episodes, Noah, is that correct? Uh, yes, I believe so. If you want to yeah. view any of those yeah. episodes, they are on WEGL's YouTube channel uh, under the um, under the series call, or under the playlist called uh, Smooth Operators. Yes, where was 12 episodes. I would uh, venture to say those were some of our best. Those were the most fun for me, at least. I yes, really enjoyed I, it. I, I love the format. So as well. Yeah, I mean... 
You can also check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Those were up on all the channels where you get SMOP from your regularly scheduled programming. But, yeah, we had a lot of good. We had 12 episodes. We did one emergency episode. It's technically 13 episodes. Yes. Because of the Ricardo news. It was it was a l- 10 and a half, right? Episode 10.5? Uh, it was, like I think, 8.5, I think. Oh, Maybe 9.5. I can't remember. 10.5 just sounds good, so I'm going to go with it. Y'all can y'all can find that out for yourself if you feel like it. Um, Noah, what what have you been doing, summer wise, Formula One related? Um, been watching a lot of uh, F one this season, and since we've been coming off this summer break, I've gotten a little bit more into NASCAR. They're starting to kind of win me back a little bit. Uh, Chase Elliott hopefully won't make the playoffs <laughs> uh, coming up at Daytona this weekend. So fingers crossed. Finger, fingers crossed. <laughs> Um, our favorite bad guy. Our, the nicest bad guy ever. The pantomime Chase The pantomime villain that kills you with a smile, Chase Elliott, everybody. Yeah, but I'm just excited for more Formula One action this week yeah. with Max Verstappen winning 30 seconds into it. Speaking And speaking of Max Verstappen winning, there has been some allegations, and I don't know if y'all saw that, but apparently Buddy got a speeding ticket. Yes. Uh, I was the one who told you about it. You did? I did. I don't know. I thought I saw it on the group me or Twitter or something. But but somebody somebody got a little bored with doing the racing simulators of the Aston Martin Valkyrie and decided to take a swing at it IRL, I guess. Um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> allegedly he was doing, like, what, 220K? Something just ridiculous. That's like 130 miles an hour. I think hour. it wasn't enough for him to get jailed, technically, but... Oh, okay. That's what I read, at least, because Hamilton once went 60 over somewhere and didn't get jailed, oh so... goodness. We got to have the same standards, but... <laughs> Did Max get pulled over in Belgium? He probably just took a picture of the policeman, probably. <laughs> Signed something for him. Pulled him over. Hey, Max, big fan. Um, But, yeah... Uh, I've heard stories of Michael Schumacher who got out of tickets in Italy for that. Oh, no question. Um, May he rest in peace. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, that's I'm sorry. Our, that's our I know that running was, joke here. On I know that operators. was so loud in the mix. I cannot hold it. <laughs> it's okay. I turned it down a little bit. <laughs> Thanks. But um, yeah. Uh, there's that. And then speaking of smiling people, you know, back to our Chase Elliott comment. Uh, Daniel Ricardo has been seen in a sling. Um, after after Thursday and now into today, rumor has it that Nick DeVry could be making a comeback. Or, and my favorite option would be to see Liam Lawson getting his F one debut. Um, well, in a soon to be renamed Alpha Tauri. Well, Ben, do I got some news for you? Then? Oh, well, do tell. Liam Lawson will be replacing Mr. Daniel Ricardo this upcoming race weekend at the Dutch Grand Prix after the Australian driver broke his hand, I think, in FP2. Did he so, crash? I think he crashed into the barriers, I'm pretty sure. Oh, dude, that's, that's the what, first, like, crash-related injury we've had in a long time. Um, Yeah, crash during Friday practice. I think that's why you take your hands off the steering wheel when you're about to go in the little uh, people. I, I guess you forgot that in his senile old age. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just so important that happens where – we know a lot of y'all are li- driving F1 cars in your spare time who listen to this show. Yeah, but do take your hands off the wheel. Only when you're about to crash. Don't do that. And you're in a race car. If you're driving on the road, please don't. Um, j- 
Just want to just want to make that PSA. Please keep your hands on the wheel at all times if you're driving a road car. Just thought we should put that out there Indeed. as well. But yeah, that's going to be exciting um, to see maybe another you know impulse signing by Alpha Tauri potentially. Hopefully not. Uh, I think Franz tossed the outgoing sporting director or whatever his position is at Alpha Tauri would have a few things to say about that. He wasn't particularly fond of hiring or firing Nick DeVry, but that's just the way it goes. Whatever Red Bull says, Red Bull it goes. Yeah. More specifically Adrian Newey. More specifically Helmet Marco. Um or yeah, Helmet Marco as well. Adrian Newey designs the rockets. But yeah, Marco's got some thoughts. I don't even think he has an official position in the team, but it's kind of an unsaid rule that whatever he says is going to be taken very seriously. It doesn't happen often where he vouches for a decision publicly and it doesn't happen. But that's that's the way it is. Um, so we also have an exciting track, which we'll preview later. I also want to throw this in there. Um, both um, Ricardo and Piastri crashed out today in Ooh. So there's that as well. I don't think not a good day uh, for the continent of Australia. Piastri, I think Piastri is like okay, but I think his car did take a little bit of damage. So was the weather normal? I'm pretty sure it was. I mean, it is both it's the Netherlands, brother. It's not. It's not like it's not. They're not too known for crazy weather, are they? I mean, they wind has always been a factor at that track. Also, sand has been a factor at that track, yeah. and it's also their first time driving there. So it's it's understandable. I really, it really is unfortunate about what happened to Danny, um, considering that you know he's done pretty well. Uh, I wish and this would have been his momentum. third race coming back. Yeah, I would have pinned it as a points potential race, not maybe a points race, but I, I would say that he could have gotten points. Yeah, I mean, again, not a lot going on this summer. We're just talking news and stuff right now, but yeah, I mean, it's be a great chance for Liam. It's a it's a, he's a person that Red Bull has talked about in the past where wanting to give a shot, it's just it's rare now that Red Bull after what happened with Albon and what happened really with Pierre Gasly where they'll just promote a junior straight to the main team. So Yeah. Hopefully that does not happen again because it hasn't gone well historically. Except Max Verstappen, of course. Which, yeah, that one worked which is worked out pretty well. Working just fine for them right now, I think. But, you know. Most of the time, those impulse decisions don't really pay off, and it, it seems to be run more like a like a Premier League football club than a race team sometimes, and that's that's a can of worms to get into a little bit at a different date. But I just I don't know. It, I'd love to see I'd love to see a young driver get a shot, and I'd love to see him stay. But if 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 what happened to him happens to Nick DeVries, I I just don't know how I could live with myself if I was Red Bull. Like you're just talent killing and career ending by doing that. And I mean, I I agree with Toto, um, with him calling what happened to Nick unfair. I'm also glad that Daniel Ricciardo is back in the car. So it, it's it's really a big mixed feeling for me, unlike how to react to that emotionally. I feel like they did the right thing on paper, but like the way they treated their drivers is still a little bit confusing for me. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, you never can tell how yeah. somebody's going to uh, wind up when they get that big seat. You just kind of have to give them the will and hope they can turn it correctly. Yeah. They're also in the slowest car, too, on pace. Yeah. It's just – it's tough, man. It's a tough world. And, I mean, also, think about this. The whole grid in qualifying has been separated by a tenth of a second. Yeah. On In some in several races. Like, that field is so tight in terms of qualifying pace that evaluating someone on their qualifying performance is almost unfair. That's true. But, unfortunately, that's going to do it all for our summer break talk and some news when we come back we got more news coming your way do not go anywhere you're listening to smooth operators right here on weagle 91.1 fm we are back welcome back it's your boy ben <laughs> no but seriously welcome back everybody uh i'm your good friend ben mcclurkin sitting alongside noah phillips and today in the captain's chair greg's blankenberg um we're gonna jump right into some some more summer recap and maybe some news yeah, Riggs, what have you got? We got some news here. This is a big one that's come out over the last week. It's about Felipe Massa. Oh, yes. The big news. According to ESPN.com, the title states, Felipe Massa vows to fight for Lewis Hampton's 20, 2008 Formula One title. Now, if you do not remember Formula One, that was Lewis Hampton's. Wasn't that his first title, Ben? That, that was. His first title, and that was also the same year as Crashgate. Is that correct? Uh, 2007, you said? 2008. 2008. Uh, yes, that was Crashgate. So what they did is back then in the day, though that had already come out, but once Formula One, according to their weird bylaws or whatever it said, once they give out the driver's championship trophy at the uh, prize giving ceremony, it is set in stone. It cannot be changed. Even though the facts were kind of known, they just didn't really do much about it. But According to this, he, Felipe Massa says he will fight to the end to be declared 2008 Formula One World Champion instead of Britain's Lewis Hamilton. Um, Reuters revealed last week that the Brazilian had started legal action against Formula One and the governing FIA, seeking substantial damages resulting from an alleged conspiracy, in quotes, that denied him the title. We're going to fight to get the title, Massa told Brazilian website GE in an interview, making clear his case was, more, was about more than financial compensation. I'm here to make it clear Things didn't happen fairly. He retired in 2017, was leading the 2008 Singapore Grand Prix when fellow Brazilian Nelson Piquet Jr. deliberately crashed his Renault into the wall on lap 14 of the 61-lap race. The clash triggered a safety card that benefited his teammate Fernando Alonso, who went on to win while Massa failed to score after a bungled pit stop. Yep, that was when Massa's car caught on fire pulling out of the pits. So in English, for those of us who are a little bit more simple-minded, what happened was um, Renault crashed a car on purpose. Fernando Alonso won. And because Renault crashed that car on purpose, Felipe Massa went to the pits. Um, they screwed up his pit stop, and it cost him literally the one or two points that he needed to win the world championship. And, in fact, he lost that world championship, though he won more races than Lewis Hamilton that season. So... Lewis won the championship by finishing in eighth at Brazil after um, Timo Glock stayed out on the uh, slick tires when it rained, spun, and it gave Lewis the position that he needed to take the world championship. Um, I'd say it was certainly one of the more controversial ones. Um, A lot of people don't think about it up until this lawsuit has come back. And, I mean, they punished 
I think it's fair because they punished Reno a year later and took all of their points away, um, and it didn't affect the standings at all. So after the fact that Reno was punished and their results were taken away, um, and they were fined the most ever, um, yeah, it, it just it, it seems like he's got a good case. And it's building upon itself quite a bit, and I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's pretty fair to say that Crashgate affected Renault. So their their um, crime came at the expense of Felipe's world championship. But I mean, could could he still have lost that race? Yes. There's yes. there's lots of potential things that could have gone wrong. But the way things were going at the time, he was confidently leading so I don't know I don't know it's it's tough to see it going one way or another because it's a very very nuanced situation it's not it's not cut and dry at all do I think that he should have won the world championship had Crashgate not happened yes do I think that he could have done more to prevent Lewis from taking the championship no that last race that Lewis got eighth in, Felipe won, but it still wasn't enough. And he would have won without uh, Singapore 2008 happening. So that went from English to... Now, you see, if Formula One had a playoff system... No. Like NASCAR, no. No. Then it, it wouldn't have mattered. I'm going to shut that down real quick. <laughs> now, hear me out. Stages. It worked for NASCAR... We need stage racing. We need stages. We need only enough people in the pits to do changes on the car on one side only. You're talking rally now. (laughs) No, no, no. Stage racing, like in NASCAR. Yeah, I know. know. We need them to be able to refuel in the pit stops because nothing wrong has ever happened before with fueling in the F1 cars. Okay, but that's a little different, too. NASCAR fueling is much more relaxed than F1 fueling because the time margins are so significant. In, in Formula One that you can't... Your time margin. You can't make up... Thanks, Griggs. I appreciate that. No problem. You can't you can't make up the same amount of time from the from a draft in Formula One that you can by a pit stop. In fact, you're hurt by being behind other cars, not helped. So, I think refueling is fine because, you know, if they get it right, they get it right. And NASCAR has done a lot to make it safer. And Formula One had it on a boom... It was a super complicated clamping mechanism that was designed to get as much fuel in as fast as possible. I mean, we're talking like they were pumping so much gas in there at once that it would compress the fuel and then it it would expand as they drove. Like, it's it's a lot that goes into it. And there was a lot of mishaps because they tried so hard on it. Here's the other thing with the... Um 2008, yeah. trying to get your title back from 2008. Getting it this much later on, does that really like affect uh, who's going to remember you about it and how? Because unless you win a championship in the moment, you know, 20 years later, going back and fighting for it, is it going to really change a lot? I mean, just because Reggie Bush doesn't have the Heisman, people still remember him as a Heisman winner. At the moment, yeah. So I, I heard a good point on the podcast, an F one podcast, to the other day by Rocket Power Mohawk. Or we mentioned him a lot. He was talking he about um, 
I forgot who he was talking about. He was talking about in terms of financial compensation for winning a world title. I mean, he brought up, of course, he brings up Lewis Hamilton. I mean, he's got deals with like watch companies, fashion designer brands, all this stuff. And then he brings up, I forgot, someone who didn't win a world title. I can't remember who it was, but he talked about them doing a commercial for milk. Like, okay. he sang a song for milk, saying that, like, if you win in the moment, like, you have more chances to, like, because, like, it looks better for companies if you put up there, let's world say, champion. world champion. Instead of, so instead it says uh, Max Verstappen, F1 world, cha- world champion, then compared to Daniel Ricciardo, F1 driver. <laughs> or uh, that's another example. You could use anyone, like, Charles Leclerc, F1 driver, um, Carlos Sainz, everyone. You get the, what I'm saying. Yeah, but, Fernando Alonso, two times world champion. Yes, so each number they add on that yeah. is different. But, like, when he didn't, when he technically never won a championship, that affected him. It does affect Mass's legacy, I would say. But now, how does it affect LeBron's is the main question. In his second season at the Heat, right? No, he would. He didn't join the Heat until like the twenty, like twenty, like thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Okay, so we would have been a. Oh, he would have been in his third season at the Cavs, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all I got. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Massa's got a good leg to stand on legally. Will Will the court uphold it? Because there's been no precedent, and there has been way too much time. I don't know, but. I think at least it's 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 fair of him to try, and I respect him for trying, because it. I feel like he has a right to feel like it's his. You know, I mean, Lewis can let go one. He can be a six-time world champion. I feel like he's okay. With the other, with the other six, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like I think he can do it without one. Just just share the love. I don't know about that one, <laughs> nah, brother. Um, I mean, at the end of the day. People are going to remember Hamilton winning his first one there in Brazil. I feel like no matter what happens legally, you can't change that memory. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like for me, memory-wise at least, I think of Lewis's domination in the turbo hybrid area a lot more than I think of him at McLaren. I mean, was his time at McLaren iconic? Yeah, for sure. Did it look cool? Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it looks a lot. It, it, it was a cool. lot more exciting than 20, uh, 2015 on. I mean, goodness gracious, like they just dominated, you know. And I think that's I think that's a unique feat in and of itself to to defeat an entire series, <laughs> like not just not just like your teammate. No, I mean we're talking twenty of the best drivers in the world and twenty of the best teams in the world. Um. And, I mean, that's a feat of itself. And to do that sustained for six years is really impressive. Um, I would even say that the year Max won the championship, Mercedes had the faster car. Um, Max Max won that fair and square, but also due to extenuating circumstances. And I think that was a mistake not caused by, not caused by something intentionally wrong. So I would say to those of – to the people who want 2021 overturned, Abu Dhabi 2021 overturned, they they can't because it's it's due to a regulatory mistake, not you know intentional wrongdoing. I feel like that's a, I feel like that's a fair statement to make. I don't know. I may get flamed in, on Twitter for it, but that's that's my take. And you're sticking to it. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hold to it. I want you to apologize for your take right now. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I don't care. For having an opinion. Never have opinions. No. Don't check your Twitter, buddy. Ben, well, that's just that's just telling Ben just to live a normal day in his life. Because <laughs> yeah. Ben never checks Twitter. He never retweets anything. How dare, I got how on. dare you? I got sorry. on today, guys. I got on he today. He did. He quote tweeted Noah's tweet. So that's great. You can also follow our X account if you do feel so inclined at SMOP underscore podcast. Or no, at SMOP podcast. Sorry. I like that, that Elon named Twitter after his son. That's cool. Yeah, keeping the family business. I guess so. Keeping it with the crew that you know. The musk is. The musks. The musks. The muskies. What is Elon Musk going to come on the show? Going to get and buy a Formula One team. When is that going to Yeah, that's. I don't think yeah. he has any interest in it. So Rich people who don't never. buy like a sports team just make no sense to me. Like I've, I've heard about it on podcasts with them too before. Like. If you have this so much money, why wouldn't you buy like an NFL or NBA team performing the one team? Why would you not? Dude, Elon literally has so much money that he can't spend it before he dies. We could, I could help him. I could help. No, you literally can't. Like he has more money than like you could spend. Trust me, Ben. If I you could spend help him. if you spend ten million dollars a year, you have a shot. But he's like in his fifties. I mean, if he lives to his nineties and he ben, still spends, 10 uh, you, you're not understanding. Me and Noah could help him. Oh, I see. Good brother. Oh, I see. Good. However, I still don't even know how you could spend ten million. Yeah. All right, but this is gonna be our goodbye to Ben. Ben has to go to a concert now. Billy Strings. So maybe. sad. Ben's gonna Ooh, text us. Ben's gonna Billy strings. Ben's gonna hopefully text me his picks for our predictions later on. But we're gonna go to break. Not while Do not go anywhere. Everyone say goodbye to Ben. He'll be back next week. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle ninety one point one FM. Bye. Hello and welcome back into Smooth Operators on WEGL 91.1 FM. We're having a fun time here in the studio. Finally be able, whoop, whoop. being able to look at each other and not at a computer screen. But we are about to talk about the next Formula One Grand Prix. The one that Max Verstappen will set records at in his hometown. What a fantastic job by the screenwriters. Of course, the they're on Zanzibort. Strike. They're on strike, remember. No, but this is like, they're European, though, because it's a European oh. sport. Right? Fair point. Right? Is that right? With the uh, Netherlands Grand Prix, otherwise known as the Heineken Dutch Grand Prix. Yes. Let's get right into it. It is the drum. Yes, the Formula One Heineken Dutch Grand Prix 2023, as I knocked the keyboard onto my lap here in the Bradley Basin studio. The Circuit Zandvoort. First Grand Prix held was held here in 1952, 72 laps, 4.259 kilometers a lap, with a race distance of 306.587 kilometers. Lap record is held by Sir Lewis Hamilton, 1 minute, 11 seconds, and .091 milliseconds back in 2021. This nice, amazing course, it has two DRS zones and 14 turns. Noah, Sandvoort. One of the better races on the Formula One calendar. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Not a street circuit. An actual track. actual racing circuit. Um, Also, I would say one of the uh, most uh, aesthetically pleasing of the just uh, racing circuits. Besides maybe Paul Ricard, uh, this one looks beautiful. Or to me, anyway, a vacation spot there. In uh, the Netherlands, um, also the only 
Formula One track with a banked turn, proving that these cars could go to Daytona if they wanted to. <laughs> they could go today. They could go to Daytona. They could go back to the Brickyard if they wanted to. They could go somewhere if they really wanted to, but no, we gotta keep it on flat ground. What about the Charlotte Roval? They could go to the Charlotte uh, if they were really cool. They go to the Roval. They go to the infield there in Las Vegas Motor Speedway. They could go to Dallas. No, we don't go there. North Wilkesboro. They go to North Wilkesboro. <laughs> they go to North Wilkesboro. Um, but yeah, this is a track we saw Max. Max won here last year, I believe. Let me look at the race results from last year. Yes, Max Verstappen won the race. 26 points with the fastest lap. George Russell finished in second. And the Ferrari boy finished in third. Charles Leclerc. Um, so last year, a little bit of the same story kind of might be what's happening this year. Um, but I think the biggest thing that we have to talk about, Noah, is coming out of those bank turns in 14 all the way down to one. It's from basically the end of turn 13 to the beginning of turn one. It's just a straight DRS zone. So basically, I think over a third of the lap time you're on DRS. Uh, yes. Uh, th- throwing in the second uh, DRS there from 10 to 11 is definitely uh, a third of the track. You're in DRS. And even uh, going into one, you can still carry a decent amount of speed with the way that corner is set up. So you're really trying to max out your engine here at this track, which is very important after you've had the uh, four weeks of rest, uh, not only for you, but for your car. Mm. So you come out and you really start to push that one again. Um, which could be good for the Red Bulls, which could be uh, good for a lot of other cars on the grid, uh, just trying to keep that speed up. But – Pretty much the entire um, section, the, all of the turns from pretty much three to about ten are really technical corners, so you have that technicality in there as well. Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a great racing track, like you already said. It's one that I'm excited for again this year. I mean, yes, Max was first in FP1, first in FP2, but, I mean, it's just setting up perfectly. The script writers have this one set up perfectly, where Max Verstappen could become the all could hold tonight uh, could t- on Sunday hold the all time record for most um, Formula One races won consecutively in a row. Red Bull could cement them as getting another win in a row since this is what race is this? This is I don't remember. They've won every race this season. It's just starting to prove that, they, again, this is the year of the Red Bull. If it's, if it's, I think it might be the year of the Tiger. This will be no, round 14, so this will be 14 wins in a row, row, row for uh, the Red Bull racing team. Which is never, oh, wait, oh, wait, no, minus one because of Emila. Because uh, of uh, Amelia Romano Grand Prix. But, yeah, so 13 wins, or going into 14 wins, I think. I don't know, either or. But. Just the way Max has just been able to handle this. I mean, check a one-two races. That's, but just the Max finished in second. Both those, I think. Just the way that Red Bull have just dominated this season. It's just been like nothing we've really have ever seen in the sport. I mean, Mercedes had those stretches, but they never had a stretch consecutively like Red what Red Bull's doing right now. And I think a lot of that can be put on the shoulders of Max Verstappen. Um, his teammate in Perez hasn't really had the best year 
in comparison to what Max Verstappen is doing on a whole nother level. Uh, obviously, he's had some issues with his car and maybe a little bit of his confidence. Uh, has been on the podium lots of times, but there's been some races where he hasn't been able to get on. But like you said, Max Verstappen just so impressive in this car, and it's probably going to be the best time for him to break that record here in the uh, in in his home state of the Netherlands. I think it can happen. Um, I think it will happen, honestly. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting thing to see, especially with like how how they're going to come about this. Because I mean, Checo. I mean, he looked kind of good in FP one. I don't know what he did in FP two. Let's check that real quick. Well, if you look, um, Norris was actually the leader for FP two. Hmm. So. That could be a storyline going. Yeah, into Norris it. was first. Verstappen was second by about Max is about uh, two hundredths of a second off. So not even that far, not even a tenth off. So Max is right there with him. Um, and then in practice one, you had Verstappen winning Fernando Alonso in second. This could be an interesting game. Could the the could the Aston Martin kind of come back to what we saw at the beginning? Of everything, could they kind of re- have a resurgence from what we saw at the beginning of the season? I mean, they've struggled in recent weeks. Let's take a look quickly at the result of the current constructor standings. I mean, you have Red Bull racing in first, of course, 503 points. Mercedes in second, 247, and then Aston Martin in third, 196. Ferrari's only five points back of them now. And then in the driver standings, I mean, Max, Sergio, and then Fernando's only one point ahead of Sir Lewis Hamilton. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if they can kind of hold on to that this weekend, especially when this track, it's built for speed. It's built for a lot of speed, but you also have to be able to accelerate out of these corners pretty quickly, which we've seen with the Red Bulls. Mercedes has gotten better at that. Ferrari has been, has always been consistent in the corners these past couple of years. It's going to be interesting to see. We need to see Aston Martin kind of establish themselves and what they're going to do. Yeah, they, they need sort of a kind of a uh, put-back-on-the-map race in a way. Try to grab some of that momentum back after the long summer break and uh, really put their flag down like they did earlier in the year. But this time really putting it down again and make sure it stays that way. Make sure nobody comes over and kicks over your sandcastle like uh, the Mercedes and even some of the McLarens have done. Uh, on the lead-up to summer break. Oh, no, you know Wheel. I do. Would you consider this a must-win or a can't-lose for Aston Martin? Um, so, overall, they're not like where a McLaren or Alpine is, where they're fighting for 5th, 6th, and 7th. Hmm. I think Aston Martin can lose this as long as they're able to come back. Hmm. Um, I, w- I wouldn't say it's like a must-win situation. No, I get what you're No, I, that was kind of a trick question, I'm just saying. Um, but then again, I mean, we have these kind of races this lined up kind of not back-to-back, but next week they go to Imola. And then the week after, they, uh, two weeks later, they go to Singapore. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of just how they 
how they come about this because again um we're starting to lose ground on Mercedes for second and then if Fernando's only one point ahead of Lewis so and then you never know McLaren raging right now like they are I mean they could pass them easily if um Norris gets another podium yeah and uh with him being first in FP2 right now there is a good chance of him at least being in the running and having a shot It'll just all come down to this Sunday, and then, I mean, after that, we're going to Italy and then Singapore, so three very good races Bless that, are, you, Noah. that are coming up. Um, three very big historic races as well. Obviously, Netherlands being one of the oldest on the F1 calendar, and then Monza. name speaks for itself, Singapore. Oh, thank God. I thought Singapore was going to be like 1 a.m. in the morning. It's 7 a.m. Even though I'd rather be at 1 a.m., if I'm going to be honest. Bless you. Yeah, you like to do the staying up part. Yeah, the staying up. I'd much rather have that, like, a race at, like, midnight or 1 a.m. than have to wake up at, like, 6 a.m. for one every day of the week. Yeah, I kind of I kind of feel you on that one, brother. However, I will not be watching any of these practices for Singapore. The United States one is at 1 a.m., isn't it? Right? Uh, That's going to be for – um, <laughs> what, let's look at the times for Vegas where we have a couple minutes. Um – the Vegas Grand Prix is at midnight, East uh, Central. Oh, okay. Well, on that's Sunday, not too bad. so it's technically the first. It's one of the four, first ever Saturday races in F one. So it'll be. It was like I think it's the fourth ever Saturday Grand Prix. It'll be technically it's starting at, uh, ten p.m. Uh, Vegas time. So Central uh, to uh, Pacific Standard Time. So. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. And to, it's got to be one of the first ever days where qualifying and the race happen in the same day. Think about it. Qualifying is starting at midnight on the 18th, ends at 1, and then the race is um, uh, 21 hours later. That is that is actually kind of insane. That is crazy to think about. I don't think – correct us if we're wrong, folks out there in media land, but I don't think there's ever been a race that has the qualifying and the race on the same day. That that is actually insane. Actually, the qualifying's gonna be at two a.m. Central Standard Time. So get ready, people. Yep, that that race being on uh, November eighteenth. We got that's a football. That's an Auburn football Saturday. That is an Auburn football Saturday. Who who are we playing that day? I think we're playing New Mexico State. Maybe. Oh, so it's our tune-up game. I don't know. Okay, but unfortunately, it is time for another break. We're gonna have to wish Noah goodbye. He's got to go to the doctor's appointment. Doctor's appointment for his Paris disease. But it's just gonna be me and you people in media land hanging out here for the next couple minutes thank you no we'll see you back again next next week text me your predictions if you can but yeah when we come back it'll be our first uh race week uh previews back in this video well it'll just be me i'll try to see if i can grab someone from the studio but don't go anywhere you're listening to smooth operators on weagle 91.1 fm and welcome back into smooth operators everyone ben and noah have unfortunately left us but joining us first time ever on the show is Mr. Walker, the head of uh, music shows here at Weagle Walker. How you doing? Good, good. I see your co-hosts have left you. Just yes, they have. You in the one's of the going pod. to a concert and one's going to a doctor's appointment. So what concert is? Uh, uh, Billy Strings. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. so it's up in uh, Huntsville, so we had to go now. That's yeah, a long drive. It six, is seven hours. Yes, but nonetheless, it is time for another prediction episode here on Smooth Operators. We'll, of course, start like we always do, talking about pole on Saturday. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty simple. I got Max. Just the way he's been driving. I mean, 
maybe we get shocked by Orlando since Lando did finish uh, first in FP2. But I think just Max is going to have this extra edge since this weekend he become the consecutive all-time race winning leader in F1 history. Well, it's also his home home race. It so, is, yeah. yeah. So I think I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go Max for that, and then I think I'm going to go. Lando is going to start alongside him, and then I'm going to go. Oh, let's get interesting. I'm going to go Carlos Sainz in P3 for the qualifying. Uh, I'm going to go basic. I think it's going to be front row is Max and Alonso. Mm. Uh, Perez maybe is a good qualifying actually for like once in his life and gets third. Um, and after that, it's just who knows. Yeah. Uh, coming in from Noah, he's got Leclerc starting on pole, but that's just Ferrari Noah. Of course it is. That's never going to happen. <laughs> never. Like anything. Uh, and then Ben's got Max. So at least Ben knows what he's, what he's thinking a little bit. Um, okay. So now it's time for our just normal prediction, non-podium prediction. Um, hmm. This is going to be interesting. Um, what do I got this weekend? Uh, okay. Yeah. It seems like a normal prediction. Um, yeah, I'm going to go. I think Ferrari will secure double points. Just pretty simple, normal okay, prediction. Uh, I'm going to go on a limb. Uh, Lawson's uh, subbing in for Ricardo, right? That is correct. I yes. think Lawson does something stupid mm. and either goes off track or causes a crash. Just based on what I've seen Ooh. of Lawson driving in Super Formula, I think that's a safe bet. That is, that, yeah, that seems like a normal prediction. Um, they didn't really send in either one of them. They didn't send in a prediction for their normal ones but Noah does have a crazy one so we can get into our crazy prediction um crazy prediction for me I've only had one of these get correct this year I said there would be seven drivers to um uh, seven different teams to score points in um Bahrain nailed that one first one of the season um I'm gonna think out of the box for my crazy prediction okay go for it um some random drunk Dutch fan in an orange shirt runs onto the track that's my prediction oh no this we're not. Well, that's not. That sounds like more of like a normal one. But that, <laughs> you think that's a normal one? No. You think there's so a high chance hey, that happens? People have run out in orange. Like last year, Silverstone just stopped oil people. That was. Or last okay, year. okay. Uh, an orange flare makes its way onto the track. Okay, that's believable. <laughs> um, but in terms of like actual racing, I think. Uh, who knows? Um, under ten overtakes over the course of the race. Ooh, under that's ten. That's my crazy prediction. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go. Pierre Gasly finishes P7 or above. I think that's decent. He's he's pretty he's underrated. I think for as a driver, it, so. he's just with Alpine the machinery they have this year. It's been so off and on. It's just been just kind of they've just been hot and cold. They've just not really had too much just consecutive success in a row. I mean, thinking back to when um not um uh Alcon had like 13 penalties in one race. All is just random stuff. So it's gone up and down for Alpine this year. But finally, it is time for our podium predictions. We'll start with what uh, Ben had. Ben had Lando P3, Lewis P2, and Max P1. And then Noah had Leclerc P1, Max uh, P2, and Norris P3. What do you have, Walker? Uh, well, since I don't think there's going to be much passing, I'm going to go Max, Alonzo, Perez. Max Alonso, yeah, that's, I could see that. So that's kind of what it's kind of like how it was at the start of the season, really. Where, yeah, I don't like Zandvoort's not going to have a lot of passing. You know that mm -hmm. it's really one lane track. I mean, 
both Aston Martins and Red Bulls. If, if you're gonna, shown, if you're gonna pass, you gotta pass early at the start. Yeah, both of them have shown. There's not even a long run down to the first corner. No, it's it's very short. There's I think, not a lot of space. So. I think they've tried to just kind of just help with that in the past couple of years. With they the the DRS zones take up almost one third of the total right, uh, track distance now, but. Again, like you said, just really just hasn't shown. It, but it's so hard to follow a car behind the banking, no matter what it is. Like, that is true. The dirty the air on the banking. The only really F one track on the calendar with banking. Noah said, if they can do banking here, they could do it at Daytona, which was funny. I thought. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna kind of go similar to Ben. I got Lando P three. I'm gonna go. Somehow he's gonna find a way. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go George P two, Max P one. How do you how do you think he's going to get up there? Strategy or actually passing cars? I think again, like you said, if you think Lawson will get in the, uh, a wreck, he might take advantage because what they've done this year with Mercedes, they've been better with helping um, Russell's pit stops and Hamilton's. I feel like where he's gotten the better end of the stick. Yeah, I feel like I mean, I feel like there's a higher likelihood of a safety car here at Zandvoort than mm-hmm. like most places. Yeah, there's very little runoff, but yeah, especially with Ricardo breaking his hand today, which. You always gotta take your hand off the wheel when you crash. That's what we were saying earlier. Yeah, Yeah, that's like that's like Formula One 101, which we told all the listeners where make sure you take your hand off the wheel if you're about to get in a crash. Not always keep your hand on the wheel if you're listening and driving right now. Be sure you do that. But you know what I'm saying. But yeah, I think that's gonna do for the show. Thank you, Walker, for coming on. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, last second call. But that is gonna do it today for Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. We want to thank everyone for tuning in if you missed any of today's show you can check it out on your favorite podcast platform wherever you get it after the show is over if you do feel so inclined follow us on the twitter if you also feel so inclined at smop podcast but until next week for ben mcclurk and noah phillips i'm Griggs blankenberg this has been smooth operators on weagle 91.1 fm thank you so much for listening have a great weekend everyone and war eagle that's all we have today for Smooth Operators, Weagle's exclusive F1 show. In case you missed some of the show or just want to relive all your favorite parts, check us out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Till next time, this has been the smoothest operators of Weagle 91.1 FM.